Hi, I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nettles. And welcome to Trendline. Uh, Nick, how many, where, where are we now in the election? How many, how many days to go? Hey, it's September 1st. What does that mean? According to the Flying Nettles brothers, my sons say, <laughs> 19 more sleeps, dad, till election day. <laughs> so there you go. How's that? It's now, uh, we're now in September. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's it's already September. Uh, sleep, uh, I personally not getting much sleep yet. I have a very young son, Nick, as you know, uh, who's been getting up extremely early, and we record this podcast very early. But uh, but you know, I'm 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 energized by the numbers today. I think. Uh, well, hold on, hold on a second. What time does he usually wake up? Uh, six, maybe five, five oh. a.m. Oh well, five o'clock. Maybe he <laughs> yeah. can. Uh, Maybe you can help me crunch the numbers uh, because all the pollsters are up at 450, checking oh all the gosh. numbers and doing stuff. So uh, I don't know how mathematically inclined your son is, but uh, it's always good to have another set of eyes on that. How's that? We're, we're working on the first three numbers so far, <laughs> one, two, and three. <laughs> and, also, and also, that's really early. I will not complain uh, anymore, Nick, because uh, you're getting up much earlier than I am. So <laughs> much appreciated. Uh, so yeah, let's look at the, the daily numbers. Well, you know, in the latest uh, CTV Globe Manos tracking conducted last night, we have the Conservatives at 33.7, Liberals 31.0, NDP 20.3, Bloc 6.8, People's Party 4.1, Green Party 3.5. And I'll tell you, Michael, uh, mm. last night was not a good night for the, for the Liberals. You can see compared to the previous yesterday's tracking had basically a dead heat. Now we have a little bit of a mini advantage or a smidgen of an advantage uh, for the Conservatives, still a tight race, but uh, yesterday not a great night for uh, for the Liberals in the in the nightly track. Wow, um, still too early to call any trend here, but but that's that's a bit of a drop there. Um, Nick, how about the preferred PM numbers? Well, on the preferred PM numbers, it's getting even tighter. Uh, the numbers that were completed last night has Justin Trudeau the, as preferred Prime Minister of twenty nine point two percent, nipping on his heels. O'Toole. 28.4, so less than one percentage point between the two front runners. Jugmeet Singh at 19.2, people that don't know at 13.2, and then I'll just say the rest mm. who are not even within striking distance. So the interesting thing here is that, you know, for Aaron O'Toole, he's still been able to maintain his gains compared to August the 12th, where he was only at 18%, so his 10-point pickup. And uh, Justin Trudeau, about six points lower than he was on August the 12th. And a tight, a tight coin toss hmm. on the preferred prime minister front. So, uh, uh, you know, we're in September now, but at the very end of August, uh, last night, August 31st, we, we got kind of an economic uh, bombshell dropped on the campaign. Uh, the GDP results came out, and for the first time since our uh, economy started recovering, uh, we, we took a hit on our GDP. Um, that's big news for, uh, for the campaign. Oh, absolutely. You know, the thing is, is the, the news yesterday that uh, the economy had shrank is not good, would not be good for any incumbent government. The last thing that you want is for the numbers to come out and to suggest that uh, the economy is shrinking. And you know what, Michael, we've talked in past podcasts about why the Liberals probably won an election at this particular point in time. They wanted it because they wanted to run on their pandemic. They wanted to hope that there was a vaccine halo and they wanted to get ahead of the potential bad news from the disruption and the adjustment that will take place in the economy. Mm -hmm. So this GDP number is bad for the liberals. It undermines one of the key pillars that they were hoping would be in place 
It basically, um, GDP is not a sexy issue. I'll say that, but it's going to grind on the liberals if the opposition parties uh, take advantage of this because you know Canadians are going to be uh, Canadians are going to be grumpy. How are consumers feeling these days? They're feeling grumpy, Michael. Feeling grumpy. And the latest Bloomberg Nanos tracking that we do every week on consumer confidence when we ask Canadians whether they think the economy will get stronger or weaker in the next six months. About 37% of Canadians believe that the economy will get stronger, but the bad news is in the last four weeks, it has dropped a full seven percentage points. About 30% of Canadians believe that the economy will get weaker and about 25% no change. But the key number here is the trend. The trend in terms of consumer confidence has been dropping over the last couple of weeks. And couple that with a drop or shrinking of the economy in the GDP, it is basically a one-two punch in terms of creating negativity, anxiety, and concern among Canadians when it comes to the economy. For the Conservatives on their side, they've, they've already released their uh, economic platform. Conservative leader Aaron, Aaron O'Toole has been asked some tough questions about it, though, because he says that he wants to balance the books in 10 years and there are no cuts uh he really yeah. is depending on economic growth so uh this is not great news for his campaign either well you know the thing is is that one thing for the conservatives there's a higher bar for the conservatives when it comes to the economy and their platform because people believe that the, the conservatives are stronger on fiscal and economic issues that means their fiscal plan their economic plan their plan for prosperity has to be effectively bulletproof and I think what uh, some of the initial reaction from some economists has suggested that some of the assumptions of growth, 3% growth, are just not realistic. And, uh, and you know, as a result, it's going to be hard for Aaron O'Toole to meet his objectives. And you know what? These GDP numbers don't help Aaron O'Toole because if the economy is shrinking and your fiscal plan is based on the economy growing, it's hard to mm. reconcile those two things, at least for average voters. Uh, Nick, you've got some uh, really interesting numbers coming out of the greater Toronto uh, area that, that just came out this week. Uh, so we can really drill down into the, I, I know it's a cliche, I'm going to say it, vote rich Ontario. Uh, but it, it is true. There's a lot of us, me included, in the GTA. Well, do the uh, math. Come on, Michael. It's not, uh, that's what yeah. you got to call it the way it is. Uh, so uh, any surprises in the numbers? Let, let's go over them. Well, you know, in the uh, in the poll that we did for CP24 and CTV News in the GTA, the 416905, I think the number that really popped was the unprompted issue of concern of residents in the GTA. Housing, mm -hmm. Michael, housing, 40, more than four out of every 10 residents in the GTA unprompted, which means when they could say whatever they wanted, identified housing as their, uh, as their top concern. And then after that was transit, not a big surprise. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I think this speaks to the fact that a lot of the campaigns have been talking about uh, housing, actually, all the campaigns have engaged on this issue. Uh, but, you know, I think in the in the GTA, at least, this is an, an exceptionally important uh, issue. It really resonates quite strongly among individuals in the GTA that are under 35 years of age, like millennials who want to buy a home or just mm -hmm. thinking about paying the rent or just trying to kind of, you know, pay the bills. And, uh, and it puts into focus, at least for the GTA strategy, maybe we kind of, what's that, that one American strategist, it's the economy stupid, right? That, that maybe that's what, uh, that's probably what GTA residents want to say to any politician from any stripe. It's housing stupid, housing affordability, <laughs> can't afford to buy a home, can't afford to pay rent. 
and uh, and they want concrete plans hmm. from all of the federal party leaders on that. Um, in terms of uh, the different areas of the GTA, like the, the 416, sort of the, the, the core Toronto area, the suburbs, the 905, uh, where are they leaning right now in terms of political support? Well, you know, the, the GTA traditionally is a stronghold for the Liberal Party of Canada. And the Liberals are ahead, comfortably ahead in the GTA, but you know they're, they're doing quite well in the 416, which is the downtown Toronto area. In the 905, they still have the advantage. But I think what's interesting is that it, you know, in the 905, um, you know, when we ask residents uh, who best understands the issues in the GTA, it was almost a three-way tie hmm. between Justin Trudeau, Aaron O'Toole, and Jugmeet Singh that about just as many, between 20 to 24%, 25% of, uh, of GTA residents in the 905 said either one of those three. So that means that, you know, there's also opportunity, not just for Aaron O'Toole, but for Jugmeet Singh. He's got a good brand. His brand is exceptionally strong among under 35s in the, uh, in the GTA. And if he can get young people to get out and vote, it could be a bit of a game changer for him. Yeah, and, and all parties, as you say, are, are really pushing forward on housing. Uh, they're, they're all, you know, really uh, going after that, that uh, concern that uh, GTA voters have. Um, I, I noticed in your numbers, too, uh, Green Party leader Annamie Paul, who's running in, in a Toronto riding, uh, uh, her, her party's numbers are, are, are fairly low in the, in the GTA, which, which surprised me. Yeah, it's, I think this is going to be a very tough campaign for the, uh, for the Green Party. And, you know, let's face it. The last couple of elections for the Greens actually haven't been too bad. You know, they won three seats in the last uh, in the last federal election, and Elizabeth May has helped put the Green Party on the agenda. She effectively participated in all the leaders' debates. Still, about three out of every ten Canadians on any given day would be open to voting for the Green Party, and that this this was almost their moment in time. Uh, and then they messed it up themselves mm -hmm. between squabbles and conflict between the Green Governing Council and Enemy Paul, the leader, where they've basically, I don't even know how to describe it, but they've basically taken away resources from the leader in order for the leader to wage a national campaign. So now, you know, Enemy Paul, this should have been a big introduction for her to the Canadian electorate. They should have been able to see and hear a lot from her and for her to kind of crisscross the country to share her vision, her green vision for the future. And now she's kind of stuck in her riding she's you know it's not really a party leader if you're just only in your riding running and mm. there's no coattails there's no coattails for the green party and uh and it's a significant missed opportunity for enemy paul to define her brand also at this critical time uh she she will be uh participating in the english language debate next week uh so we'll see if that has any any impact yeah uh, so we'll see um well, absolutely that'll be an opportunity for her, but you know, the thing is, is there's going to be a lot of fireworks in this, in this, in both of the French and the English debates, because the debates are so close to election day. Hmm. Uh, Nick, as always, thanks very much. And where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K Nanos, or you can go to www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Siddle, and you can find more information about what Nick and I have discussed at ctvnews.ca. And also, please uh, subscribe to my colleague Rachel Aiello's uh, election newsletter, Election Dispatch. Uh, thanks very much. <laughs>